Don't yeah, make me bring it. out the belt. Yeah. What is it? Dirty Rotten Scoundrels when you remember Rupert? Oh, it's God, played I by Steve that. Martin. Fuck yeah. I love it. And he's movie. like, he's like, Rupert, don't make me get the genital cuff. And he like comes and he yeah, runs he's... back and he sits down. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I love the part where he's like supposed to be paralyzed and, and can you feel this? And he like starts whipping his legs. Oh, yeah. Dude, that part just, and he's all like in tears. Oh, look, doctor, he's crying. <laughs> so funny. That's a great movie. Yeah, it is. It's one of my favorites. Top 10 for sure, actually. Didn't they remake it? They remade it with all women or something. With women, I never saw it because... Me neither. I heard it was bad. Yeah, it looked bad. Something like that, you got to make really good, though, or it's not going to work. It has to be. And the Ghostbusters one was dog shit, too. I didn't see it. I have that one. I shouldn't say it was dog shit, but it was not good. I heard it was dog shit. Yeah, I was trying to be nice because I, I spent money on it and bought it. <laughs> you tell yourself it's not dog shit, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Welcome to Scatterbrained, episode 23. Greetings, Dan. Insert greeting here. Hey, I have a couple corrections from recently. Um, I said on, I believe it was the last episode, one of the UFO chronology episodes, I said I said General Vannevar, but his name was General Hoyt Vandenberg, not Vannevar. I had him and Vannevar Bush mixed up. And that's another thing. He was not the father of the president, President Bush. Prescott Bush was the father, not Vannevar Bush. So let's see here. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was Great Falls, Montana, not Michigan. Oh, there's a few of them here. I forgot to name um, the intel officer at Roswell. His name was Major Jesse Marcel of the 509th Bomber Group. I don't know why I just kept saying the intelligence officer and I never said his name. But um, in the Soyuz capsule, I said they do hard landings on Earth, remember? Yep. They do, they do hard landings on Earth, but they have only one huge parachute, not three, and they fire retro rockets a split second before they hit the ground to soften the landing a bit. Um, but the astronauts that I've you know, heard interviews would say it's still pretty rough, though, you know. Yeah, I never watched any any videos. I never looked at it, any anything up after that. But I do remember you saying that, and it just didn't seem right. <laughs> it did not seem it's still, it, like it's they would still, do that. Well, they do that. And it, it makes it even more impressive that they only have one huge parachute and then like a split second. And you can see because when you see it hit, it looks like it's hitting full force. And then all the, all the dust and shit comes up. But if you look real closely, you can see just psh, real quick firing of the retro rockets right before it hits the ground. So it softens it a little bit, but I, the astronauts that I've um, heard interviewed say it's it's still pretty brutal hit when you when you hit. But can you imagine without those retro rockets? Damn, probably kill you. Absolutely. Well, it's like the it's like football helmets, you know? These yeah. guys are cracking heads and stuff, and they're really high tech and whatever. And it's like, well, doesn't matter. Or like those smart cars, another example. Right. You know, these those little smart cars that are all small, and people they're like, well, you know, we've got this racing chassis in it and this whole thing and it's like yeah but great physics is still physics so you won't be crushed to a pulp but your brain will be slammed into the front of your face you know what i mean like right right yeah so you can't yeah and when they pull them out of the when they pull them out of the, the capsule too they have they put like a slide on the side of it and then they have multiple people pulling them out of the capsule then they put them on a slide and they have them slide down to other people and then they put them in like a basically a lazy boy out in the middle of the field and, you know, I'll cover them up and then they can barely walk. So. Probably with those little silver blankets and everything, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then there's like, you know, media all crowded around them and stuff. But it just kind of killed me there. And they just immediately put them in a lazy boy. <laughs> it's quite funny. That's funny. So I, I sent you some pictures. I got a new dog today. A I saw that. For, yeah, a friend for Starla. 
Uh-huh. And uh, it's a puppy, so it's going to be a lot of work. Uh-huh. <laughs> Definitely. Uh-huh. And uh, what kind of dog would this uh, would this be, Dan? He's a beagle. I know. It's going to be... <laughs> I had a beagle growing up. And <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I, so All I right. totally know. And I remember, like, this dog, he wasn't, this was back in the days, man. <laughs> That's what you're No, actually, he, he didn't do that. This dog, my dog never did that. Really? No, but his thing was he would want to get out all the time. And yeah. this was back in the days, back when Bob Barker would tell you to spay and neuter your pets at the end of Price is Right. Right. And my family never listened. So... <laughs> He would just get out all the time. And so I remember like when I ended up getting getting Zoe, the shepherd, I, when I first got her, I had to fix the fence and do some stuff. And I built, you know, I dug out and I put bricks under there. I'm like, this dog is not digging out of out of this yard. Of course, I came to realize shortly after that, like, oh, no, that was just your other dog that was a nut and always wanted to get out, you know. Zoe, she would she would cry when I was in the front yard, like washing the car. She would cry, and then she would jump the fence to come be with me. She never left the home, never tried to get away, but was fully capable, clearly. But so, anyways, we'll see. Hopefully, this guy will be not so hung up on getting out, and we'll definitely do the snip thing here as soon as he can. He's little. I think you guys spending a lot of time at home too is good, so he won't be as obnoxious. I don't think. Yeah, I want to socialize the hell out of them. You know, I have Starla, so I've got another dog, you know, and so they can hopefully entertain each other and stuff. And I just want to socialize the hell out of them, just make them, you know, he's little. I want him to be able to, like, be in the yard and just not be on a leash. You know, like like Stanny, like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't leave my side. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to work them and just going to just have them out and just have them all around all the time. And I go, you know, to the car i'm just gonna bring him out with me he's little right now right i can grab him and just gonna really just do it so that'll be yeah. good i hope for Sorry. you he doesn't he doesn't find your his voice though or it's gonna be impossible to make him stop uh well just not. just want to you know just want to throw in a little depression for you a little negative uh, i know i know my wife was lucky too her dog never did that either so maybe oh you real. guys are you guys are conditioned incorrectly <laughs> <laughs> Probably we got lucky and now we're screwed. Thanks, Ian. No, no that's all right. It's all right. <laughs> so, so hey, uh, last, real quick, real quick before we start, um, I watched that blood incantation video you were talking about last episode. Yeah, and it was a great video. It was great concert, and I I could see hearing your description of it and then watching it. My perception of it was a little bit different. I wouldn't choose to describe certain things in a certain way that you did, but I could totally like, see exactly like, what like, you're big, like Bigfoot. Yeah, exactly. Just different things like that. But I could totally see you. I could see why you would say that. I was just but one playing. thing I noticed, one thing I noticed, and I don't know if you did, and I thought this was just cool as hell because it, it just shows that these guys are super thoughtful and creative about their whole project. And uh-huh. what I was saying last episode about the whole package with, with the great album cover and everything. Did you notice that they had the two main two albums, right? The Hidden mm-hmm. History of the Human Race. Is that what, what that album's called? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that, that logo on that one is green. Yeah, on the background. The previous album, yeah, like just the logo, just like the words. Right? Like yeah. All the scrambly, right? And then the previous album, it was red. Okay. And in that live show, they kind of played the songs in chunks, right? They would play the jam, right? Like as you said last time, like they played this jam and that was ended up, they break, broke it up into songs and that was that. Right. Well, they played a section that was that the Hidden History album. Okay. And then they said, okay, we have, you know, we're going to go back to some of the old stuff or whatever they said. And they started playing the old stuff and they switched the, out the lights from green to red, like to correspond 
with the color of the logo on the corresponding album. Nice catch. Yeah, I thought that was super cool. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't catch that at all. Yep. Good so, one. Yeah, I thought that was. I, I noticed that when I was watching. I was like, wait a second. Now, now was it the now was it the angle of the camera, or, did, or was I imagining that they're all really tall guys? I think you must have been. Must have been very sleep deprived or something. Oh, shut up, right. Phone with one eye half open or something. Either that. But they or that. all are, they all are dressed the same basically, and they they play the same guitars. I didn't notice that either. Honestly, I didn't look. I just I somehow all my my focus and brain power is noticing the lights apparently. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Well, you'll notice next time the, um, the guitar players are saying they're playing the same. It's it almost looks like a Mockingbird BC Rich, but it's it's a little different, it's a little more straight lines. The bass player is playing a Mockingbird bass, and then the other two are playing ones that are real similar, and they're all black and they're all the same like year. You can tell they're all the, basically the same style. And um, I just thought that was kind of kind of weird. I've never seen a band where everyone plays the exact same color type of guitar. Interesting. Yeah, my sister actually did that with a band she was in when she was a teenager. She plays guitar, and so she had a white Fender with the white pick guard, and then the bass player had a white Fender bass oh. with the white pick guard. So they had oh, matching that's, stuff. That's right. We went and saw your sister play that one time, long time ago. God, yeah, he did. Time. Yeah, that was a while ago. She was, I think, God, two thousand seven. Um, might have been before. I don't know. Whenever she was fourteen, it was like she had a lot. Seven or two thousand eight. Yeah, it was. Well, it would have been like probably two thousand seven. You're probably right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, you recorded it. She was. She was good. I thought she was really good. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, what are we reviewing today? Well, it's a band I've heard. I listened to the first, well, the second album they ever did, my God, eight years ago or something. They had a female vocalist at the time. They're from New Zealand. They are called Bullet Belt. Had you ever heard of them before? I have, Ian. I think that you had mentioned them to me and probably sent me one of their albums before because I, I recognized the band name immediately. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't know if I had heard them. I'm sure I probably listened to whatever it was that you sent me, but. No, I, I haven't listened to them really. Yeah, I listened to that album, you know, maybe a good dozen times, and it was it had a good like entertainment value for a while, but I never really went back to it. I kind of like the way the woman sang. Well, now they have a new album, and it's a guy singing, and um, it's called what is it? Warriors? Is that right? Warlords. Warlords. That's it. Warlords. What what did you think of it? Tell me what you think. Um, well, it's interesting. It took a while to grow on me. Yeah. I started listening to it, and, we, and we've talked about this previously. Uh-huh. I started listening to it, and I could see, like, oh, okay, I like this, and and whatever. And I think really what, I'm maybe jumping ahead of myself, but I really I think what it was is maybe I don't like the production, right, of this album, mm-hmm. because it took a while to grow on me, and I, I feel like maybe I just didn't like the tone of the guitar or something. I don't know. There were just parts that like it almost like sounded way too compressed or way just way like fake. If no. that makes sense, like fake distortion. No, it does. That's not, but, what, that's not what I got at. But yeah, I get it. But um, I like it. I know. It's weird. It's it's. I'll say it like this. It's not by any means awesome. Nope. And not by any means bad. It's like a, I know, a, fair, I know. a fair to, <laughs> I'll, I'll use your phrase from last, fair to, fair Midland. to Midland. Yeah. Yes, Midland, yes. I think, and I think it was the production. Maybe if the production were better and, or something, I don't know. I just felt it it threw me for a loop. I mean, there were parts of this that reminded yeah. me of Skeleton Witch, like old school yeah. Skeleton Witch, right? Like yes. that rock and crash sound. Yeah. But then, like literally on, yep. let me look here. I know it's on so Herodian funny. Kingdom. I hate. Uh, oh, no, I, hate no, no, I like that. I like that song actually. I got to go but, off. But the about lead, it. the lead reminds me of Pink Floyd. 
Like, yeah, I could yeah. hear that and go, that sounds like a Pink Floyd lead. So I hear, like, I think they do a lot of different stuff. I can hear crossover, Every, like, threat, like, hard. Every style. Call. Yeah, yeah. Even so, hard rock. Yeah, exactly. And in fact, um, Blade of Blade on Fire. That was actually one the note I had made for them. I just put rock, exclamation point. Like, that right. is just straight rock. Right. So they, yeah. they kind of run the gamut. And I think that combined with the production is why it took me a while to, why, why it took a while to grow on me. No. There are definitely good songs on there. I mean, I, I think, I think that uh, especially the I, last few, I think. Yep, I agree. I do think that what I've noticed that bands are doing now is they're making the the intros at the beginning pretty long, sometimes a minute and a half, and it's cool when you're listening to the album for the first time or every now and then. But at some point, you're just like, I just need to skip that. I start at track two, and so I like that they're breaking it up, you know. You've always done that, as far as I know. You, you never listen to like the little intros and things like that. You just go right to the song. I do the first couple times so I can kind of take it in, and then, yeah, I usually skip it. Kind of like I always skip the opening acts and want to see the headlining band. Yeah, exactly. Each to their own, I guess, right? <laughs> right. So you like it or you don't? It, I don't, can't even really tell. So I'll say it like this because I was trying to think about how I would rate it. And I would say that that would be a three and a half out of five stars for me. Okay. But then if I broke it out to like a 10 star scale, it wouldn't be a seven, which would be the equivalent, right? If you were to break that out, right? Yeah, but I would give it maybe like an eight out of 10. Give what an so eight I, out of 10? This? Yeah, if I had to break wow. it out. But, but I give it a three and a half five, on a five star scale. Right. What I'm saying is like it doesn't, it's not like a linear translation. You would and give it more reason, of an eight, you would give it more like an eight out of 10 than a seven out of 10 possibly or seven if i did that i would maybe say seven and a half i guess my point was if a 3.5 out of out of five if you translated it out to 10 would be seven i'm saying yeah. be, i'd give it above a seven maybe wow. not an eight i have and to admit reason, I, I have to admit i'm the one surprised this time I, and because it's like the little catchy riffs and little catchy things that i like yeah you know yeah, so i find myself like it took a while to grow on me but then when those parts come out, I'm like, oh, actually, I like this. So that's, yeah, why, exactly, that's why I say exactly. it's like a fair to middling. That's, kind of exa- thing. that's exactly right. It's like right when I'm like, oh, man, he blew it there. Oh, and then all of a sudden there's a part and it's like, oh, no, no, I do like this. Yeah. And the second time I listened to it, the first time I listened to it, I didn't like it. I was just like, this is garbage. And then the second time I listened to it, I was like, oh, wait, this song's actually pretty cool. And then the third time I listened to it, I enjoyed the whole album except for that seven-minute freaking disaster Herodotus whatever Herodian Kingdom, yeah. I it's like the same it's a... riff over and over, and the singer blows it. It just drives me nuts. There's no chorus, dude. It's the verse over and over and over for seven fucking minutes, and the singer never even tries to sing. He just automatically goes into la, 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 la. It's like, what, what, what? And it just ruins it for me. That's my skip song. Bam. Huh. But the, Mine is the, the first the... one, of course. But no, so anyways, oh, really? yeah. Well, oh, the, intro. the intro. The intro, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, okay. I have two skip songs in. That's what here. bugged me about the singer. The singer does not ever change a- at all. Did you did you like Flames of Hell? I think that was probably my favorite track. Flames of Hell, Bodikia. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Mutilate uh, and Destroy is very Mutilate good. Mutilate and Destroy is good, and Warlord awesome. is good, too. The last four songs are I like a lot, and the beginning of the album is kind of eh. It, with, you know, number four, kind of, I just I have to skip it. It's Funny. so bad. But, um, yeah, like, um, Impaler is okay. Punishment of God is okay. Track four is, and then blade, uh, blade on the fire. 
It's a strange name for a song. Blade on the Fire. Blade on the Fire. Oh, I get it. Yeah, that song's okay. But yeah, it's it's when um Flames of Flames of Hell come up. That's when it gets really good. It's actually my favorite song, yep. I wonder if those are like one of the guitars, one of the guitar songs. Oh, which by the way, we should mention these guys. Oh, go ahead. We should mention who these who these guys are, right? Go ahead. So Bullet Bell is the members are Paul Roberts on vocals, Josh O'Brien on guitar, Tim McCallick on bass, and Steve Francis on drums. Those are the guys. So to go back to what we were saying, I wonder if at the end of that album there, the the shift in the songs, maybe those kind of be like one of the guys wrote those songs. Like maybe those are the bassist songs or the drummer songs that he wrote or the guitarists that he wrote that were just his or something, you know? Yeah, it could be. It, um, you didn't find anywhere like who wrote the songs, huh? Honestly, I did. I didn't look. I, I looked. I couldn't find anything. It just says, you know, the, the name of the, you know, like when it says like, copyright blah 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 emi or whatever it is it just had like that name so i, I, I didn't, see they didn't have any names what i saw but um yeah it does sound like it does sound like maybe those are just one particular guy's songs doesn't it and like he is kind of probably the the better head right the better writer yeah of the band maybe or something. yeah yep. the other ones are it's, maybe like you know all of them contributing or something i don't know yeah it's funny that you can you and i can rate the album about the same and have the same i don't know if your number is the same but when we use the words to describe it Sounds like we feel the same way about the album, but then we can I can tell you that I like a certain song and then you are like, Oh, I skipped that song. <laughs> right. I don't think that's kind of funny. Yeah, I had to I had to think of it like, well, do I like this better than Zabalba, right? And it's like, well at first initially it was like, no, not even close. But actually I I probably probably about the same. I'll I'll listen to both these albums again, like Zabalba and this one. You know, would I listen to Grindpad again? Maybe not. This one I would. So I was initially going to give it three stars, and then I bumped it up to three and a half because it's kind of the same as Zabalba, but I like it better than Anvil and, and Grindpad. Does it make sense? Yes, it sure does. I, I think um, Zabalba is better than this. I mean, they're just – something about the Zabalba was just so so heavy. But I can't, I can't, like, give – I can't give – it's like I want to give – there's no such thing as, like, three and a quarter stars, so – it's not as bad. I, I, no, I don't want to say bad. It's not as bad as Anvil or or Grindpad. I don't think. I think it's a little bit better. Not quite as good as Zabalba. But I, so it, it has to be three and a half for me. I don't know how else to do it. Yeah, I think for me, how it'll go with this one is I'll never. I don't think I'll go back and just listen to this album again. I'll go I, back. I'll, I'll go back and listen to the last four songs. Yeah. Well, I peeled off a couple tracks and just threw them on some playlists and. Well, I'll, which ones? I'll call it good. Flames of Hell. Well, uh yeah flames of hell let's Bud- see here then the next song are my two let, me, let me look at my spotify real quick and i can tell you about B- that budikia uh, flames of hell and budikia yeah, flames of hell budikia mutilate and destroy i did also like herodian kingdom so i put that one on wow oh my god that one made me want to just bash my head against a wall that's funny um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what i'm saying it's, it's interesting right we can both rate the album the same but then we have a completely different 180 take. degree different take on that certain specific that, the thing is with that song that song could have been epic it could have been great because it's such a good it's a good melody and everything and it's like wow this is great but then the singer doesn't even try it's like he doesn't even try he's just screaming the same fucking monotone over really beautiful music and i'm like dude what the fuck well and then and then it was the same thing over and over there was no change in it there was no chorus. There was no bridge. Nothing. The same thing for seven minutes, dude. Over and over and over. And now that I hope I didn't ruin the song for you. <laughs> you know, honestly, probably not because 
a lot of times I just listen to the albums we're going to review in the shower. And so I'm not necessarily looking at the tracks and looking at specific orders and stuff when I'm really just listening. Because I just want to go in and listen to it. You know, I, I do listen to it in the car or I'll list, look at it and listen to it when I'm working and look at specific songs, what's coming up. But sometimes I just like listen. Part of my process anyway is like throwing it on in the shower. So I'm not looking at songs or anything. And so there are just specific parts, I guess, if I were to pick why I like that song, maybe without even really being aware of why I like something it would be just because that's come up like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like there's parts that I like about that, which it's a seven minute song. So yeah, there's got to yeah. be cool parts in there. So I've probably a couple times just gone and looked and gone, oh, man, that, what song is this? And I look, and, oh, that's cool. You know, I don't know. But that was one actually I, I wrote down that I liked. So. But well, I, I don't I, think I, I, I would listen to this album again. I think again, I'll just peel off. If I've peeled off a few tracks and thrown them on some playlists, and yeah, the last the last four songs I'll listen to again. They're decent, um, so it's worth a listen. Uh, definitely, three and a half stars each. Then I think so. What, yeah. What are we doing next now? We're gonna do something that we've talked about a little bit before. It came on in the past. Yep. Uh, we're talking about this guy Travis Walton, and yeah. it is one of the probably the most well-known alien abduction stories right wouldn't you say i mean uh, even yeah. if they, people wouldn't know travis walton i mean they made a movie fire in the sky that was released right. in 1993 so even if people don't know the name travis walton a lot of people have probably heard the story don't you think yeah or seen the movie or you know yeah. so stay tuned coming up next travis walton <laughs> okay so travis walton was a He's part of a logging crew out of Snowflake, uh, Arizona. They were coming off a shift. It was him and six other guys. Um, they were coming off a shift one night. It was late at night. They had been working hard trying to fulfill a contract um, that they were pretty behind on. So they were like loggers, right? Yeah, they were loggers. There were seven of them, Travis Walton and six others. They were worked a hard day, a long day, and they were driving on a dirt road, like an access road, back toward town. And uh, they noticed a a glow off to the right-hand side of the truck, and they just kind of looked at it, didn't really think much of it, and figured it was the moon, you know. The guy sitting on the left-hand side looked out the window and realized that the moon is actually on the left-hand side and said, no, the moon is over here. And so they kind of took a little detour toward the light, and um, they thought maybe it was even a forest fire, but it didn't make sense because there was no smoke. Then they saw a disc floating about 100 feet or so up and away from them, and it was just kind of, you know, silently, you know, wobbling there. And they all noted the uh, the craftsmanship underneath, you know, the the way it looked was just really, apparently really beautiful. And they were all stunned, but Travis Walton being kind of the bad boy, I guess, of the group or in town, he was known that way. Uh, he was, he decided he wanted to get closer to it. So he jumped out of the truck and started walking towards it. I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you. You're a huge enthusiast of this. I don't mean to derail you too much, but doesn't that seem freaking? Doesn't that seem nuts? Like I don't think you would get out of there and go see it, would you? I mean, you're oh, hell no, oh, hell no, no, no. But this is a guy who, in front of a bunch of people, a bear jumped out in front of the truck, and he jumped out and chased the bear into the woods. So he doesn't, he didn't really have too much marbles with him anyway. So I mean, it wasn't like he was unstable or, or stupid by any means, but right. He just was a show-off, kind of. And he even admits that. He like, always tried to show off for his friends and do shit like that. But So, who knows? But yeah, it seems nuts. And they thought it was nuts, too, because they were all screaming for him to get back in the truck. 
And that's when he got hit by a beam of light and knocked unconscious. And his friends all took off, thinking he was dead. Yeah, good friends, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Well, the foreman, this guy Mike, was one of his best friends as well. And he was panicking. They were all kind of panicking. And he stopped the truck. And a couple of them said they're not going back. And they got out of the truck. And he, he said, well, you, if you want to stay here you know, by yourself, then fine. But I'm going back to find him, right? Because he felt bad. Right. Well, they all climbed back. gone, right? Yeah, they, they, all, they all climbed back in the truck and were like, we're not going to stand out here alone, no way. So they went back and he was gone. They searched around in the woods and everything. The, the craft was gone. He was gone. There was no signs of anything. They were Did driving. they see any sort of burn marks or any sort of thing that would, at that yeah. point in the darkness, nothing glowing, nothing? Not that uh, I know. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, not that I know. They were driving back and they were obviously freaked out, but they knew that the only thing they could do was go to the sheriff, right? They knew that what they were going to tell them was going to sound insane, and they weren't going to believe it. I mean, they had to have known this. A couple of them, I guess, were crying pretty hard, and, pre- and they were obviously all like, you know, stressed, post-traumatic stress, or something was something bad happened, and the sheriffs noticed that. But they, then he yeah, told that's them, crazy. That's yeah, crazy. They told, them, they told them the story about it, and then, of course they were just like, yeah, um, okay. They figured it was a cover. They're making up some, you know, some wild story to cover up the fact that they had killed him. So right, right. Well, one guy had a like kind of a beef with him, right? They, yeah, they didn't really get along. He's actually the only one who didn't pass the lie detector tests because they all took lie detector tests multiple times. I'm not sure why, but everyone else. I think passed it was, I think they all passed, and then he was inconclusive that first time around, or something. Right, like that. right. Yeah, that's exactly right. When th- when this happened, I mean, they were getting a lot of grief. I mean, they were getting heat from the the people in their town, right? All their, you know, with suspicion oh, oh. that they had they- murdered. Travis and this whole thing, right? I mean, they were getting oh, they totally, of, yeah, they totally turned on him. And, and he was, uh, I mean, I would imagine he would be trying to appeal to people, right? Like, dude, you know me. What the hell? Did you know me my whole life, right? <laughs> I mean, that would be. Yeah, but you're telling this guy has vanished, and you're you're telling us a flying saucer took him, probably, really, you know. So that just right there, it's just like you know. Right. It's almost like you just have the sign, the sign murder on your forehead. So. Sure. And all of them, right? It was a group of guys and stuff like right. that. So then from there, what happened, right? I mean, he was missing for several days, five days. Five days. Yeah. Those guys were getting more and more interrogated by the police because they're more and more convinced that um, they had done it. They were they were given polygraphs before Travis even came back. They all passed like they were telling the truth. And so that really confounded the police officer because he thought he brought in the best, you know, the best guy in the business to, to do this test on these guys. And um, so that really kind of confused him. The town definitely turned on them. And then, uh, and then Travis Walton called his brother from a payphone um, off of a freeway five days later, um, asking his brother to come to get him. His brother didn't believe it was him because his brother figured at that point he was murdered and that they had disposed of the body somewhere. But the thing is, they they sent out right after this happened, like the next day, they had a massive search with like cane, you know, like the police dogs, the sniffing dogs, just scouring that whole area. And those, you know, those dogs are good, man. They pick up that stuff and they found nothing. You know, hundreds of people were searching with the police dogs, the sniffer dogs and everything. And, you know, those dogs are really good. They can pick up that stuff. So it wasn't like he was hiding away, you know, as part of the hoax, like they all planned it somehow. Right. He, he was nowhere. He was nowhere in the area. Yeah. So then what happened? So he came back. He had to have been PTSD, had PTSD and everything, right? I mean, he described some crazy stuff. Well, apparently in, in the car, he just, he thought initially, he thought it had been just minutes from the time he walked up to the craft and got zapped. And then 
waking up on the side of the road. It was like, well, you're here and then you're here, right? And you wake up and you go, whoa, what happened? And he figured it was just minutes. Right. And his brother was trying to talk to him and he wouldn't, he wasn't speaking. And then he told him that we were worried about you. We've been looking for you for days. And he said that kind of threw Travis into like actual shock, right? Because he thought it was just minutes. And then well, he felt- hold on though. If he hadn't, I mean, I would presume he hadn't really eaten and, and he, was emaci- right? he was emaciated and he was dehydrated and he had a beard. And so it freaked him out and he fell into shock. Right. Yeah. I see. So what what's happening here? So they, he comes out. They, they, of course, go and they go get him. Do they, they obviously were like, hey, look, everyone, he's, you know, he's not dead. Here he is. We're, we're, we're good, right? What happens after that? I mean, like, I presume he gets obviously medical attention, but what, what are these people who are accusing him saying? Like, what, what happens? What does he say to them? Say to, say to who? Accusing him of what? Okay. So, you know, these guys, his friend and this whole group of guys were all elated, accused. Well, right. Of course. They're not going to go to court for, you know, murdering him now. You know, like, wow, right. he showed up. So it kind of, like, cor- corroborates their everyone? story as well. Okay, he corroborates their story. But what yeah. does he describe happened to him? He has no recollection of anything? He has no recollection till later. How uh, much he, later? I don't know. It, it never says. He never – it just – he starts to, like, recall things as time goes by. He thought it was just from this point to that point initially. And he was in shock, wanted to be left alone. But he got inundated with phone calls from all around the world. As you'd expect, I mean, people were want to want to hear the story, yeah. And he right. just wants—he's trying to figure out what the hell happened, and ends up taking that lie detector test and all that kind of stuff. So um, eventually, he's—he eventually starts recalling that he woke up on a table and three bald, short beings were hovering over him, and he figured he was in like a—it was an emergency situation, so he just let them work. You know, his eyesight's kind of fuzzy; he doesn't see that they're not—you know—that they're not human at that point. But then he realized he wasn't in a trauma center and those weren't humans. And he freaked out apparently and grabbed something. I don't know what he grabbed, but attacked them. And then they left the room and a human came in the room and he calmed down apparently. And the human led him to another room where he saw a chair and he sat down in the chair and started messing with buttons or something. And it started like making the craft move different ways and opened up like the top of a canopy so you could see everything or just all this weird stuff happened. Those, the humanoids, the human looking being came back and pulled him out of there and they put him on a, a table in a different room and put a mask over his face. And then he went in and then he blacked out and then he woke up on the side of the road after that. So that's, that's like all he remembers. from. So he doesn't there. recognize, he doesn't recall any sort of like, they weren't probing him, giving him anal probes or doing no, anything like that. No, okay. No, nothing like that. Okay. And, so he really just has no, because in the movie they kind of make it sound more like, and I'm sure it's dramatized for Hollywood. Oh, it's all wrong. But, yeah, they they make it sound look like, you know, he's recalling, you know, crawling out of this, you know, hive of these dead human humans that are in storage under these weird membrane, you know, biological membranes to hold them in there, and he's crawling out in this zero gravity, doing all kinds of weird stuff, and obviously that's oh, that's more exciting than what sounds like is the reality of his claim. So the movie was all wrong, right? So he doesn't really remember to this day anything other than just the section of time that was missing. And everyone obviously knows that that time was missing as well. They've all taken polygraph tests at that time and then subsequent to that time. Right. And they've all either were non- inconclusive, as we discussed, about the one dude, mm-hmm. or they all passed. 
Right. So what do you think happened? I think what they say happened, happened. It's one thing to have one guy who's like a pathological liar or, oh, he just, he really does believe because of whatever traumatic thing he experienced, he really does believe this and that. Mm-hmm. But seven all, people. All six of the other guys still say right. that, that what they saw, they saw, and he really was gone for five days. So, right. yeah, it just doesn't, uh, I don't, and it really has kind of ruined all of their lives. It's like, well, they just wanted fame and fortune. But fame and fortune, I mean, he wrote a book in 1978. I'm sure he made a little bit of money off that. They won like a prize from the Inquirer, I think. Gave him like five thousand dollars or something as the best story. <laughs> yeah, gave him the That's for the as the best the best UFO story of nineteen seventy five or something stupid. Wow. You know, it, it, but that's that kind of fame. It's really like the other guys, especially. It's really kind of like like ruined their lives. They're they're looked at as as kooks or liars or freaks, and they they have all stuck to the story. Philip Class was a debunker. He died a number of years back, but he was a famous debunker, and he even offered them. All of them. He offered them ten thousand dollars each if they would just come forward and say that none of it was true. And none of it, none of them would. They're like, we're not going to come forward and say that's not true. Fuck you. So why would they? I mean, it just doesn't even make sense. Even the guy that he didn't get along with sticks to the story. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's one of those ones that. I mean, you're you're you've you've had a personal experience. I've never had a personal experience with any of this stuff. I don't feel in any way, shape, or form that it's unrealistic to believe that. You know, life, and let's say intelligent life, and let's say even within the realm of possibility, intelligent life that's way ahead of us in terms of being able to manip- manipulate the realities of and rules of physics, right? Whatever those are. But there's part of me that's sort of like more the rational side. Like, well, you know, but this is one of those ones that seems to be one of the more reputable ones just <laughs> because of the number of people and sort of how it's held up over time and then not only over time because if you tell yourself the same story right and after 30 40 years you're telling yourself this story and it's at some point even if you start to believe your own bullshit right like at some point prior to that if you really believe that and six or seven people really do and that's a huge thing yeah so you know it's a it's interesting this is probably one of the more credible ones to me i have no idea what happened i I don't know what the point is of these people hoaxing this Philip class claimed it was because they were behind on their contract. And this was like, they came up with this hoax as a way of getting out of their contract. I was like, are you fucking crazy? This, I mean, to, to say something so out, like just crazy like this uh, to get out of a contract cause you're behind. It's like, that's stretching. That's reaching big time. And the fact that he offered them all this money and they wouldn't take it, you know, it's just like, he couldn't stand it either. You could tell he was driving them crazy. He wanted them just to fess up and they're like, no, this happened. Right. Well, I think that there that was a time, too, where it was prime for these types of things. I mean, you mentioned the Inquirer. Yeah. And the Inquirer now, I mean, I'm sure, pretty sure that still exists and that people probably still buy it. Uh-huh. But really, like in the 80s and stuff like that, it seemed like that type of thing was much more popular. <laughs> and now you have, you know, other, other media that's not printed to kind of give you the same thing. Reddit and Twitter and whatever, YouTube, all these, you know, other, other out, outlets. But I don't know. I, I'm not a skeptic, but I, I feel like I'm sort of more of a. You're trying to find a. You're trying to find a reason for this, right? Um, not really. I, I just sort of. I don't. I guess what I'm saying is this: like you are more of a believer than me, right? And I'm not a non-believer. I just I. I know. I don't you have it. an opinion in either way. But this seems like this is sort of like rational. If you just go, well, if I take it, what it is, what I know about it, which is this happened. These people passed these things and whatever, like. 
seven people, you could have one pathological liar, but seven people. Right. That all Miss, passed. Missing five days. They couldn't right. find him. They couldn't find him anywhere. No trace of him, even with the dogs. I mean, yeah, it's pretty. You know, this is how I how I put it in the past. Either this happened or Travis Walton is the world's most amazing magician of all time because he's not only fooled the world, but he's fooled his friends that were right there at the time. He's fooled everybody and, and never told anyone. And even his family believes it. So he's, he's carried it on so long and been, and tried, you know, been so truthful and never you know, wavered from his story. But yet he pulled this amazing magic trick all for himself just to prove he could do it. No one else will ever know. They'll think, you know, oh, he, he was actually abducted, but it was yeah. just his ma- his amazing magic trick all for himself. That doesn't make any <laughs> fucking, it doesn't make any sense. So it happened. I have an uncle who has some property up in the mountains, and to get from the bottom of the mountain up to the top, it's a pretty windy road, and it takes, you know, an hour, hour and a half, probably. He's pretty quick at it because he's driven it for decades when he goes up there. And I'll have to go back. Maybe I should ask him. I should try to reach out to him and see if I could find out what is, what happened exactly, get more details. But he had, I remember him telling a story one time where he was driving up at night or down, wherever, going up to the, the ranch or down, back to the house, whatever. And it was at night and down in this part. And I knew exactly where we talked about. He saw this red glowing light in this whole like area at night, you know, and he didn't stop. But <laughs> that could have been the same thing. Well, he had he gave him. I mean, dude, he told me this story. I heard this story probably 20, 30 years ago, right? And when I was a kid, I should go back and ask him. But I just remember like hearing that he saw something, and that he's not one of those BSers either, you know. Was it moving around the sky or just? No, no, just it was like so. If I could paint a picture, you're going up a mountain. It's really windy road, and it's dark. And then on each side you have mountains, but then there would be areas as you come. Imagine if you're coming up around a bend and going down or whatever. On the left side or on the right side, you look and there. And it's just there, there's a bunch of wilderness, so these hills, you know, these foothills, almost wow. like what would have been the light of a, a fire, like just this red light over there where there's nothing over there. You know what I mean? But it wasn't a fire, right? So. A lot of times these situations, right, these people see light, right? I mean, the, the was the Flatwoods monster? Is that what it's yeah. called? That, there was, those people reported a light, right? These people, these guys with Travis Walton and his group of guys, the, they all reported seeing a light, right? Something that caught their attention. Yeah. So, just interesting. I should, I should go back and ask my uncle about it. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. He'll He's old now, that he might not remember. <laughs> God. Yeah, right. <laughs> He probably thinks about it every day. I wonder. Well, I should ask him. Well, he, he doesn't. He doesn't. He, he never told you like the end, like it just flashed out or it took off or it just vanished or nothing. I just, really don't remember. I just remember the hear, hearing that story. You know, I mean, we'd go up to that ranch all the time, and we'd be up there for, you know, sometimes a week or whatever, and just hang out, and we'd go shoot guns, and you do whatever. So at some point during my childhood, I remember hearing that story. He never speculated what it was. Um, I, if I recall, because that's kind of bringing all this back, brought that topic to mind, which is that you know, it sounded like maybe he thought that was that as well. So I should go ask him. That was what as well? Like aliens or something like that, that there was some sort of... It's it's weird when you see something strange, like, I, I don't know. I've heard it said before as well, but like you just, you're watching it and you just know. It's like you, it's like you tick off, I was ticking off everything in my head, what it was not. 
so it absolutely wasn't this, wasn't that. And the only thing, the only thing I had left was that's definitely not a natural phenomenon I'm looking at. That's something else from somewhere else. You know what I mean? And you, you just get this feeling that that's what it is as you're watching it. It's hard to explain. It's not like your rational side comes out and you and you like no no no, no. And you just walk away and don't. If you're a curious person, you're just going to watch it and try and analyze it and figure it out. Sure. I mean, anything will catch your attention, right? Do you remember when they did that SpaceX launch? And there was like this big thing like westward. I remember up in the sky. I was oh, yeah. I driving with someone in the car. I don't know, one of my kids in the car. And we looked over to the right and it's like, what is that? You know, and you could just see this crazy big old thing, you know. So oh, those things are going to catch your attention. Anything out of the ordinary is going to catch your attention. And someone who's driven that a dark mountain road for decades is going to know, 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 know whether something yeah. like that is out of place. That, that, that wasn't missile, a fire, right? That was a um, no, it, no. That missile was um, that was it was a missile test out, out of Vandenberg Vandenberg Air Force Base. I think it was two and a half. It was the end of 2017. I remember because it was it looked really cool too. It was off in the sky and it just this huge streak with a big glow, and it was just going and going and going and gone. Then there was one behind it too. Another missile came up. To me, it was like. That looks really strange and really cool, but it was obviously something man-made. It's traveling ballistically, you know what I mean? There's no, it's not doing any wild maneuvers or anything. And it's like, well, there's an Air Force base race there. I've seen it before too, you know. Yeah. So it's obviously a missile test. And then in the newspaper or the new, you know, the news centers get flooded with calls saying, you know, we're seeing a UFO, and it's like, you dummy, that's just a missile test. And then sure enough, you know, it's like we just tested missiles like out, you know, off of Vandenberg. That's all it was, you know, just stuff like well, that. That was just. That was a SpaceX thing. Uh, no, no, no. I remember no, people. What's no, that? not the one. Not the one at the end of 2017. That was that was a um, that was a military missile test. Uh, I, I was I, talking I about that. SpaceX. The SpaceX one that happened probably around that same time too, 2018 maybe. It looks weird though. It really does. But it sure obvious. does. It's obvious. It's not, my point. My point was that just that stuff catches your attention. So yep, you, yep. Sometimes you have a feeling. I've had things where completely a different context, but like that's out of ordinary. And you, you you catch it and you perceive it sometimes. So, did you ever see the spiral over Norway? No. You should take a look. It's really freaky. I mean, it's a lot of people got it on. You know, got images of it too, and it it looks the almost spiral like, over Norway. That's what I would I would look up. I, I believe it was Norway. Yeah, or yeah, I think it was Norway. It wasn't Sweden. It was Nor. It wasn't Finland. Yeah, it was Norway. But it was a. Uh, it was this. It looks like a portal opening up in the in the sky, dude. And it's really freaky looking. When I first saw that, I have to admit, I was just like, what the hell is that? It was really kind of scary. And then later on, Russia, you know, Russia came out and said, you know, we had a, a missile test and it kind of went awry and it was just spinning out of control. And it created, you know, the smoke coming out of the the engines created this like swirl, like a, and it looks like a vortex of, you know, with the sun coming up, lighting up behind it in the dark sky. And it, it was all spirally looking huge. And it looks fucking freaky, dude. It really does. And the Russia said, no, no, calm down. It was just, a, you know, a missile that screwed up and kind of shot into space, you know, haphazardly, but it created this most amazing like spiral vortex looking thing. Did, did you do you see it? Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. It definitely looks interesting. If I saw that, I'd wonder what the hell is going on for sure. I mean, just even with the SpaceX thing, even though it looked like a as you described some sort of ballistic or some sort of rocket type thing, still when it has that big expansive trail and it's doing it's not like uh, a regular rocket you would see or a regular plane or any sort of thing but yeah clearly 
these aren't the types of things that we talk about when we, we people are seeing strange lights in the sky and things that you experience. They operate right. very different. So exactly. Well, hey, so you think? To, I guess to wrap it up, you think that this is a legitimate one, huh? Uh, I do. I don't. I don't think they're lying, actually. Yeah. I, I feel kind of the same. I mean, I'm not. Not tied to it either way, one way or the other, you know. But this one seems like one of the more reputable, reputable ones that I've, I've heard yeah. of. Yeah, and if if you watch the movie, um, you're not going to get the true story at all because they they really did make it just, just sensationalize it and make it more, more like a horror movie of the time, really. You know, like those splatter movies were real popular in the early '90s. It wasn't that bad, dude. They just showed no, a, no, a short no. But they tried to, they tried to make it like a horror movie of the time. They really did, and it wasn't. It wasn't like that. And later in life, Travis Walton's not happy about the movie. He wants it remade like the way the way it really happened, by the way. Later in life, I was watching an interview with him, and he said um, that he thinks now more than, you know, he's starting to realize later in life that he looks at it, looked, looks at it as an, an ambulance call. And the interviewer was like, well, what are you talking about? He said, he said he was stupid, and he ran toward the thing, and then it, it didn't know what he was, his intentions were. So they zapped him and basically killed him. And then brought him on board and treated him for five days before they dumped him back, you know, under the highway and then took off. So you and, think it was a benevolent thing? They weren't just like, oh, what's this guy doing running this? We'll zap him and then we'll take him and then. Well, it was a threat. It was a threat. So yeah. They zapped, they zapped the threat and then realized it wasn't a threat, pulled the guy on board, revived him, and then treated him and then dumped him. And then, it was a benevolent, how, almost benevolent in a way. Then they helped him out. They helped him out, right? Yeah. They could have just bailed, like, and we're out of there. Forget yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah. He would have. He would have been dead. Apparently, he was thrown like twenty feet or something, straight up and down. And it's another thing. Guys all witness that, and they all still stick to that too. So I don't know. Oh. Well, they don't want to be messed with or talked to. They just want to be left alone. And it's just like, yes, it fucking happened. Well, I presume after a while, right? When you're You've been accused of murder and all this stuff. You just don't want to talk about it anymore. So were these guys uh, described as greys? Or were they something different? Well, he said they were short, bald, humanoid beings with, like, suits on, I guess. I don't know what... Suits. I think he okay, said so he didn't see like, them. They probably... like, like some sort of... It's just short things, but um, apparently the ones in charge were the human-looking ones. Because um, uh-huh. when, when he attacked the three small ones, they left the room and then the human walked in, right? He's the one who led him around. He said at one point they were the in human like a shill. Was it really a human? Do you think, or was it some? Uh... I, I don't know. I mean, he said they were. He said there are two others as well, and the three of them all looked identical, like like tall blonde. There's a woman and two men. They are all kind of the same height. The Antarcticans. Here we go. They're all kind of the same, the same build and everything. Yeah, and and apparently you know they're the ones who like put the mask on him, put him back under, and then he woke up days so if it's a hoax then he starved himself and got himself nice and dehydrated and grew a thick beard came back and has fooled the world i guess no i think it happened well this is pretty interesting this is one of the more reputable ones i think okay well let's let's wrap it up we'll see you on the next scatterbrain you good dan yep sounds great ian uh good All talking right. to you thanks for listening we'll see you guys next time see you later <laughs>